This is the Vinny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News News Talk 1010. Good evening. Nice to be here. My name is Vinny White. It's the Vinny White Show. It's uh, newsy wine with uh, opiniony notes and a mild comedy aftertaste with any luck. Uh, the Vinnie White Show, you can get in touch on 71010 via text. That's 71010. Or you can uh, phone the show, 416-872-1010. Okay. Oh, just made it back. I was in Kelowna this week. My girlfriend had a conference in the area there. She gets free flights, so she said, why don't you come out? And I can work from anywhere, really, because it's all intertube stuff, what I do, when I'm not banging on on the radio. Here on the world famous, the best News Talk Ten Ten. But um, so yeah, I was just sort of working in coffee shops and stuff out in Kelowna. I thought it'd be a nice change of scenery. Beautiful out there, isn't British Columbia beautiful? And they know it. They know it. On the buses, on the back of the buses, it says British Columbia, best place on earth. All right, easy. It's a bit Barry Big Bananas, isn't it? Yeah, British Columbia, best place on earth. Now, I Googled that thinking, is that their, like, province-wide slogan? And it turns out it used to be. It's not now. Now they're going for Canada starts here. So they've gone from best place on earth to BC, Canada starts here. Um, But in in many ways, I mean, you know, it's very easy to be critical and say it's not the best place on earth. I think it's also slightly unfair for anyone to say that unless they've been at least to every 196 countries and considered uh, living in them for a great deal of time and then done all the facts on education, crime, uh, job numbers, things to do. It's like it's what I'm saying is it's a bit of a loose word best, but it is great. I'll give them that. Um, I'd say Kelowna for everyone would be a good one because it's just like you feel very welcome there. People are friendly and it's mountains are beautiful. Kelowna for everyone. That'd be a good slogan. You could put in brackets afterwards. Great for neo-Nazis or other narrow-minded simpletons that fail to acknowledge globalisation because it's really white. You could you could put that afterwards. I wouldn't. I'd leave it. Uh, so Amanda Capito, our resident news junkie, will be coming in later on. She is, uh, well, we, I don't know what we're going to talk about, something that's happening in the news. I can tell you a couple of things that I'm going to talk about. Uh, Canadian police forces switch to darker, more aggressive colours for their cars. I want your thoughts on that on 71010. Also, our Toronto mayor here uh, has cracked a couple of dad jokes this week, but uh, $1.9 million in penis pills to get the old fellow working downstairs. That's what our city workers have have been given. In fact, I'll start with that because it riles me up so much. Pardon the pun. There's going to be a lot of them. It really it really stiffens me up, this one. Um, sorry. Cheap as well, wasn't it? Uh, the Toronto Mayor, our dearly beloved John Tory, has cracked a couple of dad jokes this week over, as I say, $1.9 million being spent on penis pills. A rise in erectile dysfunction drug claims by city workers here in Toronto has John Tory shaking his head. According to the Auditor General report released on Monday, city workers were reimbursed, wait for this, $1.9 million for claims submitted just for getting your willy working. Just that. Never mind all the other drug claims. Nearly $2 million so they can have a better bonk. 
When asked about the finding on Wednesday, John Tory searched for the right words. I liked what he said. He said, it stiffens my resolve. <laughs> Toronto currently has no maximum coverage limit for city employees to claim drugs, and this includes erectile dysfunction drugs. Port found 37 claimants were reimbursed over three grand, right? Five people working at City Hall took more than five grand just to get John Thomas working again. Five grand. So I I looked up all the stats because I'm into that. And also I like a peculiar history on the work computers. And, um, you know, I typed in Viagra pills expense. I didn't know this, genuinely, because everything, as far as I'm concerned, is in a reasonable nature downstairs. Apparently, one pill, $40? How long's that been going on? No wonder they're faking them. Unbelievable. Try liquid Viagra. Pour yourself a stiff one. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, yeah, 40 bucks. A pill. But then I thought, well, hang on a minute. So some of these guys have claimed five grand. $5,000 divided by $40 is 125 So we know they're taking at least 125 pills. So that's 2.4 pills a week. So they're having about 0.34 bonks a day. 0.34 horizontal jogs a day, which is quite randy, I think. Well done, lads. Unless they're selling them on. There is a possibility they're doing that, you see, because Tory noted that if any evidence of fraud surfaces, good luck finding that one out, of course, the city should pursue it in a, quote, very aggressive manner, and terminations are appropriate for this kind of penalty. This is if they manage to prove that anyone is saying, John Thomas isn't doing his thing, can I have some pills, and then flogging them on. It's going to be very difficult to prove. Uh, he says, I'm happy to honour all kinds of athletes down here at City Hall. I would even perhaps invite the person for a visit should they be suspicious. Imagine getting that call if you're a city worker, right? Because you probably don't have a lot of direct dealings with John Tory. Hi, Ken, it's John. Yeah, that one, yeah. Yeah, not bad, thanks. Can you can you pop up and see me? You know where my office is, just down the hall from you. Yeah, no, pop up. Not literally, sorry. Um, it's about your amazing sex life. Your file says that you're 61, Ken, and you appear to be acting like a rabbit in heat. Come here, let's chat about it. Can we get that down? Pardon the pun again. It's too many. Yes, I am a bit jealous. Yes, but that's not the point. Out of hand. Can you text me on 71010 and tell me, if you use Viagra or if you've tried it, right, is it really $40 a pill? No, someone actually called in and said that they'll match the no-name price, which it's like 11 bucks now. See, they'll match it, but will they say, hey, we're not prepared to pay for Viagra or Cialis or whatever it is. We're only prepared to pay for the cheap one. That's that's what city council should be doing. No, I think, well, I think Viagra, I mean, is now charging. They match the... There can oh, I see your point. These off-brand no-name guys now. Well, then, in, if that's true, some of these people are having two, three... What's it's a day? Yep. That surely is impeding on their work life when you're doing it that much. Exactly. Well, they don't have to work the whole year. Oh, it's not like a regular job. Easy life in City Hall. Yeah. Do you think it's because it's quite a phallic shape? They go home and they're like, oh, my God. I think they've done loads of studies. It is a sort of a, not a sexy environment, but there is a lot of sex going on. It's a lot of affairs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Well, that's the nature of being older, right? Are you kind of going to have to have an affair? Usually people are paired off by that point. That's it. And who are you going to meet? No, you've already got everything going on. You've tried tried it out with everyone at the squash club and you're too old for that. So you'll have to do with Margot down the hall who does accounts. Yeah. It's a sad day getting old. On our dime. Yeah, keep it in your pants, for goodness sake. I don't care who you're putting it in, but can you put it in on your own dime, quite rightly? Uh, text in. Not a lot of text coming in so far. If you have got a cheaper than $40 pill, don't email. Get enough of that as it is. So, yeah, text 71010. How much is a Viagra pill? Have you got a better deal than uh, 40 bucks? Must have. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about Trump. Don't you now. I know you want to shoot yourself when you hear that word. But we'll make it brief. And it's more about facts. Do you remember them? Do you remember when they used to matter? We're going to look into it next. You're tuned in to The Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. We're sort of pre-programmed to, well, I am anyway, to listen to facts and then act on them. But... If there's one thing that I've noticed recently, there is a war on facts. And you probably noticed this too. And no greater example is there than the Moroccan presidential election shenanigans, otherwise known as, oh, make it stop, 2016. Uh, the Trump pain, though, is nearly over. Soon, soon, soon. Less than a couple of weeks to go. We'll see less and less of his bloated orange face and hear less of his horrible, whiny, overgrown eight-year-old's voice and his tiny little 200-word vocabulary. But like a stubborn fart, he won't disappear after he loses this election, and it's rumoured rumored he will uh, attempt to become a sort of an orange version of Rupert Murdoch, really, when he's lost, and cause the mild riot by saying that he didn't lose. But um, that's what he wants to do. He wants to set up a TV station and media empire, uh, we think, Trump TV is probably going to be called. He loves his name, doesn't he? Uh, it's going to be a disaster, obviously, a cartwheeling poo storm of a failure. Everything else that that notoriously feckless businessman with an attention span of a particularly stupid fruit fly has turned out. Like he's touched with his tiny little orange hands, has gone up in flames on the side of the road or ended up lodged in a bankruptcy court of uh, some description. Now, Hillary may be as sincere as a waitress searching for tips, but, you know, all right, she's not exactly as radical as I would like that change to be a lot bigger than her, yeah? She's probably about as radical as a turnip. But you can't say, and I've heard it so many times from the press, that these candidates, candidates they're just the same, really, aren't they? They're just the same, aren't they, really? They're bad as each other. No, they're not the same. They're not. Admittedly, both of them aren't exactly fantastic, but one of them is quite specifically less fantastic than the other, and that's being quite nice. But one thing I've noticed throughout this is the amount of times that Trump just goes, wrong, wrong, I didn't say that. You did say that, but you did say that. Wrong. You won't find a clip. There's a hundred clips. I didn't say that. I didn't act like that. Wrong. I never said I knew Putin. I know Putin. Do I know Putin? I love Putin. What? I don't even know. He he actually genuinely confuses himself, trying to keep up with his own lies. 
But the war on facts is where it's all gone wrong. And I think the world's never going to be the same again after this election because apparently you can say anything, anytime, whenever you want. About anything. And it doesn't matter if there's no facts. And occasionally, very occasionally, may I add, in this campaign, people on Trump's campaign have been hammered down and said, no, explain yourself. And it's so refreshing when you hear that. So Hillary's been an idiot. There's emails. We're not sure what's in them. It could be bad. But what a great opportunity for the Trump campaign to say, no, she's evil. And whatever she's done, it's bloody awful. And she's definitely going to be indicted criminally. You know, but there's no truth in that. There's no fact. Give us the facts. And so I was quite refreshed when this week on uh, MSNBC, finally an anchor said to the communications director of the Trump campaign, his name is Jason Miller, hang on, what do you mean? Here's the audio. Clearly, they found something, Katie, something very remarkable to be 11 days out. Obviously, we're at 10 days out now, but yesterday... You can say uh, clearly they found something very remarkable, Jason, but they have not indicated that they did find anything remarkable. We have no evidence to say that the FBI found any new emails. We also have no, no evidence clear- to say that the FBI found any emails that were between Huma and Huma Abedin and uh, Hillary Clinton. So right now, all we have is a vague three-paragraph uh, letter from the FBI director, James Comey. So So how can you feel comfortable with your campaign coming out there and characterizing what Donald Trump uh, thinks that they may have found? Well, Katie, let's back up for a moment. Let's uh, first of all, it's important that we know that Secretary Clinton deleted or bleached or got rid of 33,000 emails, not all about yoga and wedding planning, as we know. Five different people took the fifth in this investigation. And this, uh, it was described as extremely no, careless. Jason, hold so, on. We've heard this on the campaign trail over and over again. You don't need to repeat it. We hear it every day but, from Donald uh, Trump. Katie, what I want to hear from you, what right, I want to uh, hear from you, though, is what evidence does he have to go out and suggest that what uh, J- James Comey has found in these new emails is anyway uh, going to lead to a criminal indictment, which is what he is saying on the campaign trail. It's what he's implying to not only his voters, but to the American public. Katie. Something very significant was discovered. Otherwise, they wouldn't have made this announcement. They wouldn't be reopening this investigation. Clearly, this would be. But you don't also, know well, that something on, significant on, was discovered. You don't actually know that, Jason. Something was. Uh, Katie, there is no reason they would reopen this investigation with 11 days to go before a presidential race if something big hadn't happened. And let me dive into one other point here. And that's the fact that how the heck. Did they had they not gone through this home computer or home laptop uh, for the the husband or, or previous husband uh, of a top Clinton aide uh, like Huma Abedin? How had they not gone through this before? How is this not part of the initial investigation? This is very problematic, and to be wrapped up in this this whole other thing with with Anthony Weiner is really just just mind boggling. But here's so clearly there's either something to do with national security. Or obstruction of justice. I mean, they found something clearly big. And it is, was, clearly, is you putting your spin on it. I, can, I don't no, think Katie, we can say days, to our viewers that there is clearly something to do with big. national it security stinks. there. But have you spoken to the FBI director, Jason? No, of course I haven't spoken to the FBI director about this. But so how you do you know to, that you clearly there's anyone. something to do with national Katie, security? To, I, I didn't say just national security. I said clearly there was something either with national security or obstruction of justice or something else that was very big that would force them to take this very remarkable step. I love her for doing that. I really do. I wish more journalists did that, particularly during those shambolic excuses. for. I think they called them debates. That was a debate. Wrong! Anyway, the war on facts, it has to stop. But some people actually genuinely believe 
that facts are elitist. Oh, they give us facts. <laughs> what do you want with facts? Getting in the way of actual logic, facts. Let me believe what I want to believe. Don't get that goddamn fact in the way. And I don't think there's anyone quite as bad as Rush Limbaugh, who, according to him, although you could take it with a pinch of salt, is the most listened to talk radio show in America, which is so petrifying that I just popped a little fart out even saying that. Uh, he is, in fact, broadcast on over 600 uh, stations nationwide in America, Rush Limbaugh. He's been going for ages. And when it comes to false facts, I absolutely agree that there's no place for facts because false facts aren't facts. They're lies. But when it comes to facts, what you said, what you've been quoted as saying, what very often there's video of you saying and or doing, that really matters. And it should matter to everyone. But no, not Rush. This fact check technique is the latest. Mm. Let me tell you what it really is. Go ahead, Rush. There is no fact checking. Isn't there? The fact that the New York Times and the Washington Post and USA Today and all these other papers and networks now have fact checkers is for one reason. To check facts? It allows them... To check facts? To fool you. Or, or check facts. The idea that it is a fact check story yeah. is designed to say to you... That it might be true? That it is objective and no, analytically fair. Yeah. And all it is is a vehicle for them to do opinion journalism well, it's not a, but, under the guise of fairness, on, which, if you opinion. fall for it, gives it even more power. Well, I think what he was saying, if I heard it right, is don't listen to facts because they might get in the way of your preconceived narrative and the opinion that you've already come to and prove that it might well have been BS. Haven't we all learnt something? Not really. No, I feel a bit depressed. Back in a minute with Amanda Capito. This is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's neither. Why do I have to explain? Is Amanda Capito. Oh, that was nice. Oh, yeah, cheers, mate. Uh, Hi. Am- Amanda comes in every week and talks about all things newsy-poos. And uh, usually we take a frivolous and joyous sideways slant at the world, don't we? Yes. And if there's one thing that's always funny, ISIS. <laughs> Is that really what we're opening up with? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so he doesn't run the topics by me beforehand, <laughs> as you can see. Yeah. I just told him it was going to be funny. I told he told me it was going to be lighthearted and fun. Mm. ISIS always known for comedy gold, aren't they? No, the, <laughs> oh, I suppose this is about as funny as never get. Pictures pictures have emerged online. Uh, I think it was the end of last week, and more have come out this week as well. Of various ISIS fighters fleeing Mosul, dressed in women's clothes. What? So what they're doing? Um, they're, like as a disguise? Well, their leader has ordered wives and girlfriends to evacuate the city. So, they, yeah, they're disguised. The photos, particularly, there's a great photograph of two men wearing dresses but sporting huge black beards. I mean, commit to it. Right. Um, they've emerged as the fighting in Mosul became more intense. The two men, reportedly ISIS fighters, were caught by Kurdish uh, Peshmerga troops near Mosul. It's not known what's happened to the men uh, when they were stopped at a, a checkpoint. But apparently they tried to convince the um, checkpoint staff that they were ladies by speaking in a high voice, which is a bit 
ISIS Monty Python. This is like offensive on so many levels. It's really weird, isn't it? It's weird. What really annoyed me about it is the Mail, the I believe is the most popular online newspaper, the Mail Online. Um, its headline is Cowardly ISIS Fighters Flee Mosul in Drag Proving They're Spineless. And I was thinking... That's very editorialised. It's isn't it? <laughs> also, you can't win. Because the Mail Online, rather they would stay and kill innocent men and, and children. You well, know what I mean? So it's a bit of a twisted one. Yeah. So there you are, dressed up as a um, woman. Would the male rather they stay part of a death-obsessed repressive group that ban the simple pleasure of music? Although, if you were going to ban music, I would ban um, Stairway to Heaven. I think that's a, that's worth banning. No. Heard it too much. If you ban songs that you heard too much, you'd be banning a lot of music. Nickelback's going down. That's a different story. Mm. <laughs> You're right with that, aren't you? <laughs> Suddenly we come around to it. But that leads me on to a well, question that I'm going to ask you today. Yes. Is if you were to be tortured by music, what music would you find torture? So in other words, what, what band, if I were to lock you in this room and put a band on nonstop, what band or artist would you, would you lose it to? I think anything played on repeat eventually will make you go mad. Mm. Though... I, when I really like a song, I do, I'll play it on repeat, like over, I'll put it on loop. Do you kill it within few di- a few days? No. No? So if I really, really like a singular song, it's just like I, I, will, I will listen to it on repeat for like a year. Really? Yeah. And people find that odd. Yeah, and very annoying. Have you got, room- and, yeah, You've got yeah. roommates, yeah. haven't you? Yeah, so my roommates really don't like that. Wow. But my mom used to do that. So when I was a kid and we would drive in the car and she liked a band, she'd buy a CD and just play the one song she liked on that CD over and over and over again. Just the one song. She just literally clicked back. And so I've weirdly taken on that. So anyway, maybe it'd be hard to torture me with music, especially if you gave me a good song. Yeah, if it's a good song, you'd probably be into it. But if it was a regular song or a song that was even just slightly annoying, I mean, by the end, it's... It's going to drive you nuts. Do you remember a song called 10cc, You're Not In Love? It's big, you're not quite old enough, possibly. I don't know. It goes like this. You're not in love. I'm loving you. It's just a simple phase you're going through. Is that other voices? It's, I mean, to me, it sounds worse than that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, um, it's blackboard nails material. Okay. Yeah, it makes me physically angry. I left a restaurant to it once in the middle of a meal. Really? I can't cope with it. I can't. I just it's torture to me. Wow. Yeah. I can't think of any song off the top of my head that I feel that passionately against. It's, a, it's good being passionate in life, but it does have its downfalls because it can get you in quite serious arguments. I remember another time my girlfriend was into Celine Dion. This is, by the way, it's worth mentioning. This is way before I moved to Canada. Okay. She's quite big in the UK. She's quite big everywhere, isn't she? Really? Yeah, she's huge. And um, we're having an argument about it. And um, I pressed eject on the tape player, threw it out the window on the M25 uh, motorway. You're so drastic. No, and then I thought, actually, if someone did that to me, I'd go mental. Who do I think I am? So I've been beating myself up <laughs> about that for a while. I used to work on a cruise ship, oh. and I ha- there was a a couple of staff members that were dating, inter, you know, inter-staff relationships, which were actually encouraged. But anyway, they got into a fight, and he took her purse and threw it overboard. <laughs> that's like yeah. really extreme there's no coming back from there's that there's really no coming back um, why do you mean they're encouraged relationships because they want you to date someone within the staff because then you're more, most likely to continue working and both of you work and be happy you know really well because if you had family back home and being away from them on a cruise ship contracts it's hard 
But if you date someone within the cruise ship world, they'll do what they can to accommodate you working on the same ships. And then you can, you can like live a life. There's people who actually have kids. Oh, there's plenty of married couples, aren't there? Like, yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then they, they both work on cruise ships. The kids stay with their parents and then... They're like a relation. They're cruise ship relationships. The kids stay with their grandparents. You mean like on the land? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I know it sounds weird on the land, but when you work on a cruise ship, everyone just is like land life, sea life, like you know. Do they? Yeah, let's just call like on the land. Like everyone just talks about the land. <laughs> Almost like it's some alien island. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I remember many years ago as a boy, <laughs> I was on the land. <laughs> Things are so stable there. No rocking, you know. You sound really creepy. Hello, dear. <laughs> Stop this it. Is my Don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, this is going out on the radio. <laughs> this has suddenly all gone a bit gameshi. <laughs> oh, too soon. Is that all right? I don't think so. Let's move on with some news <laughs> quickly. Stating for the court that I am not touching Amanda in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> How can I be when I'm tapping the microphone? <laughs> right. Covered that one. Uh, do you want gold toilet or man called um, woman on... Uh, gold toilet. Gold toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Just as well, because the other one was apparently a lot of trouble. <laughs> the other one, which I can't say, and I'm bored of even thinking I'm just, about Just Yeah, you already lost me. <laughs> yeah, gold toilet. It looks like something uh, that might be found in Donald Trump's penthouse, but it's a solid gold toilet it's located in a public restroom and is waiting for you, Amanda, to give it a go. Yes, the w- working working public solid gold toilet is in, a, in an exhibit called America at the Guggenheim Museum in New York. It was created by the Italian artist Maurizio Catalan. Um, Catalan intends visitors to use the toilet just as they would any other facility in the building. In the gallery environment where visitors are constantly being told don't touch, this is an extraordinary opportunity to spend time completely alone with a work of art and leaving something behind if you want. Uh, The gold throne is located behind a nondescript bathroom door. It's surrounded by the usual accrements of public toilet including matching steel toilet paper cover and seat cover dispenser the only question is do you actually use the paper cover or move past it and just get your cheeks on the feel of tough old gold the toilet is said to be worth somewhere between one and a half million to two and a half million i mean if i had that kind of money why not if i was there definitely wouldn't you yeah because something to say not that a lot of people come up in conversation and say, so, favourite toilet? <laughs> <laughs> but if that should ever come up, well... Um, favourite gold item. Yeah. But there must be... Like, I don't know how they manage to keep it secure. Because, all right, yeah, sure enough, if you steal the whole toilet, it's going to be quite tricky. Mm-hmm. But assuming that you're given... The but priv- if it's... it's, if, is it- it's it's working toilet. Yeah. So it's it's. But assuming you're given the privacy you'd be given in any toilet, which I assume you are, and there's not got cameras on you. Couldn't you chip a bit off? Oh, I see. Just take. I'm going to say no one's going to walk out with a toilet. Drill they, it. I don't know. I drill see. a bit out or something. A piece. But I think gold's really hard. Yes. And they're not going to let you bring a drill in there or a knife. Well, they're not going to search you on the way in, or maybe they do search you on the way in. Yeah. I'm just saying that. This if is, I love that this is what perplexes you—the logistics. I've got quite a criminal mind, actually. It's really weird. You Clearly. know. Clearly. Yeah. When I'm walking past cafes and stuff, and someone's got their phone on the table. 
I'm like, there's a massive part of me that wants to steal it. Wow, it's that's very re- interesting. I don't know what it is. I've always had it. Hmm. Whenever I see keys in a car, I'm absolutely just, I feel like I'm a millimetre away from stealing it. Wow. And sometimes when I see policemen, I think, I don't know why, but I'm going to punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the same thing you get, you know, when you're like, you know, when you walk on a cliff and you think, oh my God, I think I'm going to throw myself off. Yes. And you won't, yes. but you think you, you might. You just think, well, what I, have you like? I think yeah. I go through that all the time. Right. <laughs> I nearly punched a policeman today <laughs> in the airport. I mean, many people might argue that they feel that way too. Yeah, but... actually, he, he might have deserved it. Here's a question for you, you're Canadian. I thought it was written into the Constitution that you're allowed to ask a policeman for his badge number. Think so. I don't know what the disturbance was in Terminal Three today, but there was a guy sounding off, going, "Give me your number, give me your number," and he's really het up. I, I just walked past halfway through, so I don't know what led to that situation. Right. And the policeman said, "There's no need for that, sir." Now I don't think you're allowed to say that, are you? I don't. Can you text in on seven ten ten? If you're asked your number and you're a policeman, don't you have to give it? That's what I want to know. Yeah, not sure. Anyway, have you ever been arrested? <laughs> No. Proud to say no. Good. You, Vinny? I think we run out of time oh. now. So. For another day. Bye, Amanda. Have a lovely evening. Thanks, you too. Ta-da. You're tuned in to The Vinny White Show. On In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. That's right. If you want to listen to this show live, you can download the iHeartRadio app. And if you want to listen to the podcast, go to vinnywhite.co.uk. My name is Vinny White, like the colour. And it's a weird spelling. Just Google it if you want. Uh, if you've obviously got some spare time on your hands. and Far better things to do, I'm sure. But nonetheless, if you want to, you can download the podcast and subscribe in iTunes. Just search for Vinny White. I'm here every Sunday from about nine o'clock through till ten. Don't like too many hours. Uh, your text so far, very entertaining. Uh, I asked you, what song is torture to you? What song is torture to you? Don't worry, I won't play it. That would be too cruel. Seven, ten, ten. Uh, so far, someone said, oh, actually, I hate ten, ten CC as well. The worst song ever written. Uh, the things you do for love. Someone else said, I can't listen to Justin Bieber. How un-Canadian of you. And then someone else has written, I don't think I know that. Can't listen to anything by the beta band. I don't think that's a problem that comes up much, is it? Uh, Someone else has, I don't think I've ever read this sentence in my life. I hate everything by the Beatles. Really? (laughs) Everything. Every single Beatles song, you, you not just dislike, you hate. What an angry person you must be. What is there to hate about the Beatles? I mean, it might not be your cup of tea. I hate a lot of their songs, but I definitely don't hate all of them. <laughs> Some of them I like. I thoroughly dislike Queen, a lot of Queen songs, because a lot of them are quite novelty songs, aren't they, really? It's a fun band to sing along to and be silly and drunk, but I would never, ever listen to it to enjoy the music. Yeah, like, you'd, if you oh, imagine you got home from a hard day, you know what I need? I want to ride my bicycle. No, exactly. I love the bit with the bells. Shut up. Their music to like lacrosse teams singing buses, you know, drunk after a game. (laughs) Yeah, I think we can discount Bohemian Rhapsody, which is very often voted the number one song in the world. And there is certainly talent behind that. But a lot of the other stuff, pipe down. 
text in your worst, most horrifying songs to 71010, please. I'm quite enjoying this. Also, I haven't got an answer on this yet. I've got one says yes, one says no. So what does that leave us? Fact-checking nightmare. The question I asked you was, if you ask a policeman for his badge number, does he have to give it to you? Surely he does, or she. But I'd like your defiant and definite... Um, your definite answer, please. Speaking of police, let's move on with this. Canadian police forces switch to darker, aggressive car colours. Peeps, they not be happy. A new trend. Police services across the country here in Canada are replacing their ageing fleets with cars painted in darker colours, and it's not going well. A lot of people, people are all up in their grill. Um, in Toronto, there's been a backlash here to the switch from white cars with red and blue stripes to dark grey with white reflective lettering. Nightmare. Uh, Toronto's police force isn't the only Canadian municipal law enforcement agency to give its vehicles a makeover that critics say make them seem more militarised, aggressive and also arguably less safe, i.e. basically harder to see. Last week, Toronto Police Chief Mark Saunders uh, acknowledged the backlash to the recent colour change. Don't worry, it was a Canadian backlash, so orderly, and it's a very civilised volume. Uh, decision, he admits, made without a great deal of thought or consultation, changing the colour of the police cars here. The Civilian Oversight Board has been asked for a report on the fleet and Saunders hasn't ruled out backtracking on the planned rollout. This actually has happened before this problem. Uh, in Calgary, they went, they had white cars with colourful stripes and then they changed them to black and white, which looks, frankly, a bit more like Knight Rider than a helpful policeman. The Calgary police chief says, Nay says, must suffer from chromophobia. That was his defence when he was asked about the colour of the fleet. Do you know what chromophobia is, Pat? I imagine it's an irrational fear of chrome. You'd think so, wouldn't you? It's the fear of particular colours. Yeah. He's obviously got Google and he's all pleased with himself. Yeah. We've got Google too, Mark. Um, he said, I can't identify with this feeling because I don't find inanimate objects or colours to be capable of being aggressive. I think it's silly. I don't know if he said it in that voice. I think that is the worst of the two arguments, that it is aggressive. But I think it's a slam dunk to say they're harder to see because they are. They are. <laughs> Black is harder to see Black and green than is, white. <laughs> it's almost impossible to see at night from a distance. I think yeah. why not make them, if you're trying to be have stealthy cop cars, then yeah, use those. But the regular cop cars should be neon red and white. Yeah, every police force in the world. Well, in Europe, the bastion of civilization and uh, the only place that can make a decent cup of coffee, uh, we have very colourful cars. Lime yellow is what they're called in the UK, that colour. Vancouver have turned them black. They say that the uh, overwhelming support came from most people for the design, but some Vancouver residents say that vulnerable people might not feel comfortable approaching one of the intimidating vehicles. Now, this... I love a fact, me. So I looked into it. Apparently, there's this dude, right? He's the president of Graphic Designers of Canada. His name's Jonathan Sterbley. And he says, Policing agencies seem unaware that there actually re really is a real correlation between the use of colours and perceptions. And uh, these designs convey very oppressive, aggressive, intimidating and combative traits. He goes on to say that he thinks 
The reason that Canada is changing all their cop colours to blacks and greys is because of Robocop and Batman. Really? Really? Yeah, you think so. Because if you look at them in that, they've all got dark police cars. Well, everything's dark in Batman, isn't it? Uh, he said it's all it's 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 fine if it was a science fiction. U.S. law enforcement and militaristic influence is undeniable. He says, adding to a disturbing trend, to say the least. I would argue that in Batman it is Chicago, and those cops do have black uniforms. And in RoboCop it's Detroit, and they have a lots of different cop uniforms. So some of them are black and gray. Ah. It's, I think it's reflecting reality, but... I think in Detroit there might be dark colors just because they don't want to be seen. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's se- I think there's several different uniforms because they can't update the entire thing at once. Yeah. Um, uh, in the UK, as I say, we have this sort of... It's kind of like blue and lime green. I've seen that on television shows. That Why not, though? That's, the That's great. You can see them coming. And let's not forget, some of these cars are literally parked in the middle of a highway where some idiot's not strapped a ladder down, and they're risking their life, and they really don't want to be hit. Yeah, there's oh, lovely lights on top. Good work with that. But why don't we paint them neon yellow? Yeah, reflective. And I think they should always have some neon and flashing or strobing or something. It's totally. You'll always be seen, unless you're parked outside a rave, where more than the average amount of ravers have neon yellow on. It's unlikely, is what I'm saying. Uh, you know what annoys me about this the most? And I think it's because I've got this newfound patriarchy for this wonderful country, which I genuinely mean. And uh, I, I think it's just another case of Canada mimicking the US instead of being different. And I wish you'd stop doing that. Stop trying to be cool. Stop it. Taxpayers shouldn't... Sp- pay for resprays as well. Imagine if they changed their mind on it. That's the biggest thing. I think it's mostly just they want to keep doing it over and over again and changing it for more government spending. Yeah. Police cars, we all agree, should be visible so you can get out of the way in an emergency. And you can flag one down if you're a witness at a crime. So don't worry. I've come up with the answer. You're welcome. You know when you go to like shows in the summer and there's a lemonade stand? Like, when, when they put them away... It's just a big lemon on wheels. Just tow one of them. <laughs> I think I just killed him. From this day on, I, Billy White, put forward that police cars should tow giant lemons. And bonus, carrying the community, they could, like, open them up and give out free lemonade. That would absolutely increase people's appreciate, appreciation for the cops if you could get a nice little lemon frosty exactly. thing. That sounds oh, great right now. I want now. to report that, that potential robbery, but oh, there's a black car and he's on his laptop. It looks intimidating. Oh, you know what? I'll go and have a chat. He's got a massive lemon on the back. I could use a drink. Hello? Am I the only one with any brains in this country? Maybe. Speaking of brains, um, Pat, what you need is to use that brain of yours and start thinking about Christmas. Yes, uh, what I need is a good a gift idea, something uh, something perhaps to do with uh, digital photos. If only there was some way to enhance or enlarge them and maybe get them on a, a frame. You wouldn't know anywhere like that, would you? Let me just do a quick Google. Oh, you wouldn't believe this, but my company came up number one. 
You're kidding. What's the name of this company? MrPhotoCanvas.com. You mean MrPhotoCanvas.com? Says here, and I wrote it, so it's not that surprising, that apparently you get 50% off if you pick up your canvas from a downtown Toronto location. Oh, well, that is not only convenient, but it also affords me uh, the peace of mind knowing that uh, the job's been done professionally. Back of the net. MrPhotoCanvas.com. Uh, your text so far, yes, a policeman absolutely should give out his badge number. If asked, it, he has to do so. Uh, plenty of songs to torture you. Tip throw, tiptoe through the tulips by Tiny Tim. That's annoying to even say. Never mind wrap your ears around it. Uh, and then suggestions have just come in. Why don't we have all cop cars looking like clown cars and they can play circus music? You trumped me! Always a pleasure, never a chore. My name's Vinnie White. Thanks, Pat. Ta-da.